All right, everyone, welcome back to an all new episode of the 20% podcast. This is the podcast where we bring you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. This week's guest is an entrepreneur, board member, wine connoisseur, certified psilocybin peer assistant. I mean, he does it all and he has an awesome framework now of how to get more stuff done. Here's a couple of his accomplishments and the things that he's working on right now. He raced a full Ironman in two half marathons. He lived on a sailboat, out of a van, and even on a floating house for a little while. And in his spare time, uh, which, which he's trying to show us how to get more of, he enjoys cooking, hanging out with friends, traveling, and generally trying to get to bed early if he could get all of those other things done. So he's also now building an award-winning granola company. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Parker Olson to the show. Parker, welcome to the 20% Podcast. Tyler, thanks for having me. Give me a little fist bump through camera, a little camera bump. There you go. Bob. There you go. Um, yeah, super excited to be here. I, every, I feel like everything your show stands for is like what I am sort of nerdy about or like, you know, I don't, I don't know, however you want to define it, right? It's like the biohacker, or like productivity or, or sort of like people are who people who are just trying to get better. Um, and I love that. I love that you've got the start with why behind you. It's, it's awesome. You know, for your listeners, and, and I know you shared this with me, but you know, what, what's your why? Yep. Oh, you want to, oh, you interviewing me now? I am. I love that. Wow. Okay. There's not often I get the, the seat turned on me here on the 20% podcast. My why is to provide for my family. And by that, I mean, I want to give them the best possible life that they can. And when I think about giving them the best possible life, that means spending as much time with them. How do I get more time? I need to be more, more financially free. How do I get more financially free? I need to, I'm a sales professional, so I need to sell. So I work backward from every single thing that I need to do from that big why all the way back to the daily habits that I need to do in order to achieve that goal, whether it's making more cold calls, having more conversations, doing those things. I, I wish I could say I did a really great job of, of always staying on task with that. It's a work in progress, but that's a little bit more about my why. What, what's your why, Parker? Yeah, I love that. I think my why comes down to my, my greatest fear. <clears throat> and my greatest fear... And, and, and I'll paint it really quickly, but my greatest fear is that I wake up one day, I'm probably 43. For some reason, I wore white tube socks to bed and I'm wearing like a gray t-shirt and I get out of bed and I look outside and it's springtime and I can see a white picket fence and I can hear my wife downstairs with, with our children. And it hits me that like, I never took risks and I exist in complete mediocrity. Like, complete mediocrity is, is what, is what is scares me. I don't need to be like wildly successful. Like I, I don't, I, it's, it's not just being like, Oh, like I want to be super rich and famous and successful or whatever. Like I really am not that interested in any of those things. I'm not super monetarily driven, but I really want to live like a rich life where like I'm trying different things and I'm experiencing different things and I'm taking advantage of the time that, that I have here. And, and, and really it's just like for, for full blown experiences. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm pumped up. I, I hope everybody listening here, if, if you're not, if, if you weren't pumped before this and you need to, to get pumped up again, go back another minute or so in this show because it, Parker's just, you're just electric, man. Yeah. I, I just, it just gets me jacked up. Um, and for me, like I, you know, I'll try anything twice type guy, but it's, it's also like building, right? Like I, I want to go and I want to build my world. And so what does that look like when you're a world builder? It's like, I, never kind of say never, like I, I don't set bounds on myself, I'm a rule breaker. Um, and part of that is being really optimal about my time. So early on, you know, I'm, I'm from the East Coast, um, you know, youngest of three siblings. I went to school originally for neuroscience. I was originally pre-med in neuroscience and 
uh, it kind of hit me how much school that actually was going to be. Uh, so pivoted and and kind of went the more more of the finance uh, entrepreneurial route uh, in school. Still majored in neuroscience. Um, and some of my best takeaways from school were were about the brain and understanding like how does the brain work um, and really understanding okay how can you trick your brain into having really good habits or what do certain substances do to the brain um, and maybe like how how do you improve your memory or or how do you stay focused and on task. And I feel like that kicked off my sort of like nerdiness and I got really into more like biohacking, think like Tim Ferriss type type stuff. Um, the, the, what is the, the knowledge project and kind of over, you know, several years, I, I started um, doing, you know, tons of research and I kicked off my career uh, out of school in, in Seattle in a management consulting role and just wanted to keep taking on more. Um, so I, you know, sort of came to the conclusion that in order to, to do all of these things that I really wanted to do while also sustaining my lifestyle and having a job. And, um, I guess how I put it is like, how can Don't I do bed early? <laughs> what was that? Still being able to go to bed early, right? <laughs> Still be, absolutely. I'm, I'm super, I'm super, I think sleep's super important is like, I wanted to do the best at my job where everybody thought I was doing a really great job. I was doing everything that was expected super well, but I was still optimizing all of all of my personal time. So how could I get as much done as quickly as possible? Um, and over time, I just started collecting different uh, heuristics, kind of different frameworks. And and uh, like about a year ago, I just, I one day I was on an airplane and I like to do writing on airplanes. And I sort of wrote, I just brain dumped my entire sort of like what I'll call my like productivity thesis, if you will. And it's, it's really a handful of frameworks um, of sort of how I manage my life now. And a couple of like key, key frameworks that probably are no surprise and I'm, I'm really not inventing anything new. Um, but number one is, is like I, I live and die by the calendar. Uh, you know, we were even talking about do, doing a, a podcast and it's like, okay, if, if it's not on my calendar, it does not exist. I need this to be on my calendar. Um, am anal about the calendar. I will retroactively at the end of the day, go back and fill in my time slots, how I spent my time on in my calendar so I can see it retroactively. Um, and, 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 and the calendar provides a really valuable tool when you're documenting exactly what you're doing is not only can you schedule out your day and, and you sort of become your own personal accountability partner, but it also allows you to retroactively look at your time over the week and, and say, oh my God, how much time did I actually spend doing things? And, and did I spend time on the right things, right? And, you know, Tyler, you talk about becoming financially freedom, being able to look at your time and say, okay, was I working on the right activities to get there each week? Um, I'm sure as you know, and, and as we all know, it's, it's very easy to write things down and, and say you're going to do things. And then actually doing them is shockingly challenging. Um, okay. So I don't know if like, what's your use of, of the calendar today, Tyler? Oh, admittedly, uh -oh. Man, it's, it could uh -oh. be, it could, it could be better. I've, I've been better in the past. Um, typically I'm, I'm more, uh, filling in the big rocks of the areas that I know that I need to get done, but ultimately have a, a side to do list of saying, Hey, here's the A, B and C here's the, you know, in the morning I, or the night before I, in an ideal world, I'll write nice. down, here's the five, the three things that if everything else goes, um, you know, hits the fan for your lack of better term. Uh, I'm going to, I'll get these things done. And it's just nice. whatever it is. Then after that, then it's just filling in the, all right, I got this one, this one, this one done. Perfect. I'm going to go back in. Yeah. 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 And, and I love like that is, is we're, we're fundamentally th thinking through things the same way. I, I like to use the calendar more so to actually help, like help me execute. Um, so I found too, it's like, yep. Okay. I'm going through like an urgent versus important, uh, framework. Are, are you familiar with, with that type of framework and, um, positioning? Familiar, but not, uh, not, not in practice. 
Okay, so it's basically like you have an XY axis, right? And on the Y axis is importance and on the Y axis is urgency. And so it's like every day or every week or, you know, sometimes every month, it's like mapping out all the things you have to do. And you can see like what is important and urgent or what's urgent and not important. And, and the reality is, is, you know, through human psychology, we've learned that like humans are, are generally just doing what's urgent and in front of them. And so people who aren't planning on about what are the three tasks I need to do today or tomorrow are just doing whatever's in front of them. They're opening up their email and they're like, oh my God, I have to respond to all these emails. They're clacking away. And then by the end of the day, they've done none of the actual valuable, important things that are not urgent at all, but are ultimately going to help you get to that goal and, and get to that why, because they're just getting caught up in, in what's in front of them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like the classic Abe Lincoln, you know, saying it's like, oh, like if you had three hours to chop down a tree, he'd spend two hours sharpening the ax. I spend a ton of time organizing my time and structuring my day ahead of getting work done. I'll, I'll spend an entire hour in the morning structuring out my entire day where it's like, okay, I have my meetings and then I'm going on my calendar and I'm writing in the exact tasks I'm doing, how long I think it's going to take. Um, and so these frameworks, you know, some of the ones I, I talk about, and, and I, like I said, I've written this down on a white paper. I, I send it out to my friends. I don't sell anything. I don't like offer it. I'd be happy to just share it, Tyler, and, and we can link it in the show notes somewhere on the cloud if anybody's just interested in reading it. Absolutely. I don't sell anything um, around it. Um, but yeah, really the frameworks come down to, it's like brain dumping. So are, are you familiar with, with that concept? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome concept. Getting everything out of your head onto paper. It just like frees the subconscious from the from the brain dump. Then you're going through like an important and urgency kind of general exercise. So it's like, okay, what are the really urgent and important things? Let's map those out. Then you're going into a time blocking exercise of looking at the calendar for tomorrow or the next couple of days, taking the super important tasks, making sure you are blocking ample time for them, you know, making sure you're, you're getting done the urgent tasks as well, fitting them in appropriately and taking care of yourself. You know, Tyler, I, I still like to get eight, eight hours of sleep. You still have to eat. You have to be a human. Um, you have to maintain relationships. Um, and so, you know, actually mapping that out. Um, and then um, as, as I like to say, it's, it's also the stopwatch is, is sort of like the next framework down. It can be so easy to plan your entire day and get everything down. You know exactly what you have to do. And then actually getting started personally is super, can be really challenging. Um, I, I sometimes fall into this, like, uh, what do I call it? Like crippling anxiety. You're like anxious about everything you have to do. And you're like, Oh, oh my God, I, I can't even get started. Like, I don't even know what to do. And, and then you just like go do like a random little task. And then you're just wasting that time. Um, and so I, I've found that, um, and, and there's some interesting human psychology, um, principles around this, but like uh, accountability is um, like there, there's accountability principles where it's like, if you have an accountability partner where you tell another human what you're going to do, you're more likely to do it. Um, and, but we don't always have someone else. So I use the calendar. So I, I tell myself I'm going to do it. The calendar tells me what I'm going to do. And then to actually get started is I will use the stopwatch for the allotted amount of time on the calendar. And I will start the stopwatch on, on my wrist. And there's something about watching the time start and go down and understanding, okay, this is a finite amount of time. I'm not going to be doing this forever. Okay. I just should get started. And sometimes it's just that like mental switch of saying, okay, I'm going to get started. And then I'm like in the zone, um, but it's, it can be so, so challenging. Um, so these, I don't know, these are some of the topics that, that I go through. Um, and every single week I'm, I'm kind of retroactively typically looking at my week and saying, okay, you know, is this how I really wanted to spend my time? Um, and, and, and I'm not necessarily taking specific note. I'm not grading myself, but it just helps me understand of like how directionally um, 
how, you know, am, am I headed in the right direction? Um, right. No, absolutely. You're, you're reflecting, you're taking the time to actually go back and understand, am I hit Am I achieving my goals? If I'm not achieving my goals, am I actually doing those right behaviors? And you're holding yourself accountable with that clock and the, uh, not only the clock on your wrist, but um, the, um, the calendar as well. That's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Let's take a quick step back. Cause I think it obviously took time for you to learn all of these things. And I think it's interesting that you took, you wanted to go pre-med before and you wanted to use this brain psychology and now you're, you're using, and th- instead you were, you started studying some of the finance and entrepreneurship. All of that stuff came together at a head while you're, while you're building out the company that, you, that you're at now as well, besides all of this framework. But talk to me about what was Parker like as a kid when you were like, were, did you do any, like, if you, if you're studying entrepreneur and you're, yeah. you're, you're this go-getter person, were you, were you the one who was, had, had lemonade stands? Were you, what were some of those like early job type experiences? Yeah. It wasn't formal. Definitely. Yeah. Like kind of a go-getter. I, my parents would always joke. I would never shut up. Like it was super talkative, would talk to anybody, still will talk to anyone, um, strangers, et cetera, you know, was, was just like super social, uh, and really, you know, c- kind of little bit like uh rule breakery uh, as well like kind of a rule breaker i was the youngest of, of three brothers so you know i used to there was i remember that there's kind of a famous story my, my mom likes to share where there was a raffle and the most expensive prize was this like three inch by three inch tv and, and like all the kids in the elementary school you know could submit raffle tickets to it and you know the fifth graders are typically focused on these high-end prizes because it like requires more raffle tickets to win and like oftentimes maybe they have more money or like if they're typically targeted towards them and i really wanted it and so for like two weeks after school i i, I waited or i would get lit out of school and I would go and I'd talk to all the parents who were coming to pick up their kids. And I'd say, hey, I really want to get this TV. Will you buy this thing so I can get more tickets for this TV? And I ended up winning the TV. And I think the amount of tickets that I submitted for the TV was like 8x what anybody had submitted in the entire elementary school. And I was like in kindergarten. Um, and it was just sort of this like kind of shocking factor. And I and I think or my teacher, the principal said something to my parents around like, this is really strange. And interesting and kind of impressive. <laughs> Definitely no, I, mean, had, had I mean, you learned, I mean, you learned the, and that's important too. I mean, even you see the LinkedIn posts that you have, you're not afraid to, to go obviously selling granola. You're not afraid to go talk to people, give people free samples, do all the, uh, you know, I've seen some videos of you like kayaking over to somebody to give them a free sample or like, yeah. it's like this, these crazy things. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting that you learn those things, whether it's nature versus nurture. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's probably a whole nother podcast, but but talking, I mean, interesting enough though, like one of the biggest themes, if I had a throughput of every single thing that happened on the 20% podcast uh, from all of the successful guests I had, it's those experiences that happened in their early life, whether it's that, I don't know, maybe that mm-hmm. early, I don't really dive too deeply into the kindergarten type phase, but those early years are the things that are, are really building the foundation, the building block to future success. And I think that that's, that's you know, uh, for myself, that's why I'm so interested in these topics. It sounds like yeah. that was a big influence on you too. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when I think about childhood experiences that were formative, I, I went to a summer camp growing up. And when I was working at the summer camp at like age 16, uh, 17, 18, you know, we were away from our parents. We were um, taking care of these children. We were managing our own social circles. We had real job duties, but complete managing flexibility. Your time. Managing, managing your time. time. And that, that environment for me was transformative. Like, that gave me full 
freedom and flexibility to be creative and try new things and figure out, you know, what I was good at, what I wasn't good at, and, and, you know, continue to kind of bolster some of the social skill. And I feel like that was kind of the first time that I realized a couple of things. A, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room. But it was the first time I started realizing that if you're friends with the people who are really smart at certain topics, you almost can outsource your knowledge. Um, and so that, that's how I think about my knowledge base today and, and, and getting things done or, or trying to find answers to certain things is if you know the right person and you have a relationship and you can pick up the phone and you can make that call, that is just as valuable as knowing yourself, if not more valuable than knowing yourself. I think it's more valuable because you don't have to spend the time and effort and attention and in, in actually becoming a domain ex expert in that portion. You know, like if you had yeah. a, a health concern or something going on, well, I'm good friends with this doctor or this person that I could go call. I don't need to be an expert. I don't need to go spend time on Google to do this. I could go figure that out from somebody that I like and trust, and it's going to really help me as well. Talking about those people that like and trust, I know you mentioned Tim Ferriss before. Tim, Tim was actually one of my podcast idols. That is one yeah, of the reasons right. why I actually started the podcast, believe it or not. Awesome. So I'm sure you probably enjoy enjoy that. I remember that. Uh, before I even knew what podcasts were, I was like, that was one of my formative things before I even started really recording shows. It was like, okay, this guy's cool. I can't even remember why I even heard him. But anyway, it's uh, it's just it, the that's one of the when we're talking about foundational moments of you know looking back over 160 episodes and live shows and stuff done. It's it's amazing that he was one of those pillars of how I got started too. Which I you mentioned him, so I wanted to um to share that too. Now yeah. let's talk about really very briefly before we jump into um, some of the stuff that you're doing. It's, it's forage, right? Is that how you say yeah, forage? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, before the forage days, you mentioned, Hey, I was in school. I was studying to be pre-med and I realized that that wasn't something that I wanted to do. I studied exercise science. I never came to that moment of, and oh, I never really knew what I wanted to do with my life. Right. But I never really, I never thought of ever considering changing my major. What's your best piece of advice for somebody who, when you realize this may not be right, or ultimately what, where was that moment that you said, I need to, to make this pivot? Yeah, for me, it was, it was looking a little bit at the time and, and, and right-sizing it with like my passion. You know, I think, I think in today's world, whether it's pressures from parents, whether it's just like social construct and understanding that there's sort of this general construct that like you grow up and you go to school and then you go to work and then you have a family and then like they grow up and they go to school and they go to work. And I think work has this connotation that like, look, work is there to make you money. And it's, it, it is never framed initially as work should be something you just like love. Like you're going to be super good at anything you really, really love. Um, and it's, I'm not saying you have to find the thing that you super love early in college or even that you will. But if you're progressing down a path and you're like, oh my God, I don't love this, but it's going to make me a lot of money. I would, I would argue against that, that framing. And, and, and it should be kind of an, at least an alert to say, hmm, maybe this isn't the future for me. Um, the kind of the flip side of that is when you are young and not even when you're young, the entire, your, your entire life, like, and I don't know the stats here, but like you will probably experience 0.00001% of anything to be experienced on earth. So with that being said, like you should try and experience as many things as possible to find the things that do excite you and find the things that, that, that you are, that you really can jive with. And so part of that, I think as well is put yourself out of the comfort zone and go and try anything and everything, especially when you're younger to figure out what are those things that I really like. And once you part, once you kind of get onto a thread, you're like, oh, I kind of like this. 
go and explore something adjacent to that or go a little bit further, right? Like find those threads that you like and keep pulling on those threads until you no longer want to anymore. And you, you have to follow your intuition a little bit on that. But I think part of it is just like being, having a really exploratory mind mindset. And that's really interesting too. I mean, and that's something that I've thought of maybe making a, a business of, of some point in the future, just because it, of, of my experience of like, Hey, maybe this, you know, I studied something and I came into it. Uh, I came into the sales world. I'm looking at it more of like, Hey, most people are probably studying something different and they're going to go into the sales world. But really what I would like to do is help educate people on how to be better sellers up front in college, but ultimately really sharing the importance of getting those experiences to your point and, and connecting people with the different passions. What are the things that you actually like to do Parker? And then say, Oh, well, here's a couple different jobs that you could do. Why don't you go shadow them? Or why don't you use this? Mm -hmm. It's leveraging your network of being able to get them in the position so that they could experience that. I don't, I don't, maybe we get, we'll, we'll take that conversation offline and we'll, we'll, we'll post our business in, in the, in the months ahead. But, um, but the point being though, is like, people need to experience that. I can't, I went from, I came from a small town, right? Like I graduated with 120 mm -hmm. kids. I didn't know, yeah. you know, my parent, my parents construction, were, uh, my dad's in construction and my mom is a, a secretary. So super hardworking people, but I didn't know all the different things that I never thought of sales being yeah. an actual viable profession. I, I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up down the road. Right. right? You don't even know what's out there. And it's really interesting. So, um, so I love, I love that point as well. And, and I appreciate that feedback for the purposes of time. I want to dive into when did you decide that you're like, I, okay. So I understand right now you, you have a, a granola company that helps, helps with, with your brain. Right. So I, I hear the entrepreneurial finance and the, the pre-med mm -hmm. stuff all coming together to this product. When did you decide that you wanted to create Forage and why Forage? Yeah, I mean, everybody's like, well, how did you, come? you know, there, there is never like a, a distinct point where you're like, whoa, like I'm starting a company today. Um, I want to be I the Gorgola guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> I followed the thread. Um, you know, I'd always been super interested in neuroscience and that led me to being really interested in mushrooms. Um, so when I moved to Seattle, I was just found mushrooms interesting. So I got into mushroom foraging. I was taking mushroom supplements. And just just was exploring that world in all avenues. Um, and around the same time, I was visiting a friend in Oakland who he was at a startup conference. He got free tickets for it was Sam Parr's HustleCon. Sam Parr is like kind of an infamous like I don't know serial entrepreneur. And everybody started at you know everybody is networking at at these happy hours. And the number one question they're asking is, oh, what are you working on? What are you building? And I didn't have an answer. And so I lied and I made up an answer and I said, oh, I'm, I'm making the, the first food-based product that has these functional mushrooms in it. And nine out of 10 people looked at me and were like, I have no clue what that is and or don't care at all. Um, and one guy who, who, who is a, you know, he's an angel investor there and he knew Sam Parr super well, looked at me and was like, that's really smart. I, I think you're ahead of the curve. Like, I think that's awesome. You should send me your pitch deck. Actually, I think Sam Parr would, would love this. Let me go introduce you to him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he like brings me over and, and there's like 10 people suckling at Sam Parr's teeth, you know? He, he's standing there and everyone's trying to network with him and like get his business card and like pitch him. And this guy comes and he cuts everybody off. And he's like, Sam, you should really talk to Parker. Like he's he's in on mushrooms, like sounds really cool. And Sam's like, oh yeah, like I'm really in on mushrooms. It's dope. And then Sam looks at me and he's like, so what's the pitch? And I was like, uh, and like made up a pitch on the spot. And then, so he's like, okay, cool. Like, here's my card, like send me the deck. And everybody else there, you could tell was like vying for his card. And they all looked at me and then I like left and, and it was, it was kind of a cool moment, but for me, it was like, okay, well, 
I better start, well, A, I better literally put together a brand. So I went home, went on Fiverr, got a logo created. I had, you know, experience in PowerPoint. I built a pitch deck, literally Googling, what does a pitch deck look like? And then I sent it out three days later. And then in the meantime, I was thinking, okay, I better start selling this product because you sell things in a business and that's what I should go do. And that is how it started. That is unbelievable, man. So, so there's so many different lessons there. Number one, there was some luck that came involved of having that free totally. ticket. So there's, there's luck in, in all of that. But I think it's like, the question that I have for you, it, that's just an unbelievable story. Do you th- like, and, and I, I hear these common themes of, Hey, you have this accountability of like, yeah, you were accountable to these other people. You use your previous experience and you, you got ahead of this. Do you think that like, how could people get more proactive in doing those things without having a situation like that? You have to engineer serendipity. So again, it's just like you have to put yourself in in a place where where an opportunity may exist. And so there, there's a cool TED talk. It's called Engineering Serendipity. But it's it's again, it's like saying, okay, I like these things. How can I get more involved in these areas? So, so maybe for someone, they love art. Okay, and they're like, oh man, an artist doesn't make any money. But if you start hanging out with artists and you're going to art shows and you're talking to people and, and people can see your passion, that's where you know maybe you run into a massive art collector and they're like, whoa, like you're really into this. I, everything you just said to me sounds really cool. Like, do you want a job? And you're like, oh my god, yeah, like you're the coolest art director ever. But you're just putting yourself in a situation to succeed. Um, and so it's it's engineering serendipity. That that's fantastic. That's what I, I'm going to name the the episode of this engineering serendipity. Cool. Is, it's going to be the. Uh, Love um, that. Serendipity. I love that. Tony Wilkins. That's, that's, that's the guy who's, who's the Ted talk and and that's his, uh, that's his turn. All right. I love it. Okay. And thank you for the, uh, for the giving them the the logo. So they don't come after me here as well. Um, or not the logo you get the mention, you get the point. Yeah. Parker, this has been so fantastic. Can't believe we're already uh, at time. We'll have to do a round two of this as well. Final question. I love to ask every single guest on the 20% podcast. If you were teaching a college one-on-one class based upon all of your previous life and work experience, what would you teach and why? Engineering serendipity. Whole class would be like explore. You, you, homework would be to go explore new experiences about things you think you like. And then ideally would, would be trying to land some sort of role. I love that. Maybe that's the side business we'll work on here as well. Parker, let's do it. Where can people learn more about you, about Forage, about everything else you have going on? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. That, that's where I'm most active. Parker Olson, uh, our website of, of, the, of the business of the kind of health food business I'm building is forage.co. So that's F-O-R-I-J dot C-O. Um, those are, those are kind of the best, the, the, the two best places to, to find me. Awesome, Parker. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Tyler. It's been awesome, man. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed the show, it would mean the absolute world if you went to Apple and rated and reviewed the show for me as well, is this is a fantastic way to help grow the show and help to bring in fantastic guests and even more listeners to our tribe. So stay tuned for next episode and have a fantastic rest of your day.